Happy summer, let's be real, listeners. I know it's summer because, one, June's almost over. And because, for me, in summer, I never know what day it is. <laughs> Anybody else? I'm always like, wait, what day is it? And then after the fact, I look back, like, oh, shoot, today's Friday. Literally, I've missed three weeks of podcasts. One, there have been big life events. It's been fun. I have had a bunch of stuff going on. So I've definitely been behind. But then on days when I probably could have gotten it done, I look back at like 11 o'clock. Wait, wait, wait. What day is it? I'm like, ah, it's Friday. I missed another podcast day. So I am hoping that with some of these big events behind me and the beauty of summer before me that I can try to stay consistent (laughs) for the rest of the summer. But to be honest, my track record in the summer has not been great. Needless to say, after a couple weeks of no podcast, I am I am back. And just as a heads up and a warning, 4th of July is like next week, which in my mind means summer is halfway over. So get to it. So summer is well underway. We are almost six months done with this year. I find it exciting because this year I chose to do a read the Bible in a year plan, which I do almost every year. But I always do like the paper one that bounces back and forth between like the Old Testament and the New Testament and reads us all in between. And I've never actually completed one of those plans. So I am doing the read the Bible through in a year on the YouVersion Bible app on my phone, the Bible Project reading plan. It has been great. There are introductions and videos at the beginning of each book kind of telling you, hey, this is what you're about to read. This is how it's laid out. Here are the significant things to listen for. It really helps in kind of setting the stage and it's just making a little bit more sense and it's been keeping me motivated and that's why I'm like well it's six months because I'm still on track if not a couple days ahead so I'm I'm pretty excited about that so I'm putting that out there you're now my accountability to make sure I actually finish it this year it is an interesting thing because I do find myself getting caught up like wait I want to dig more into that stop wait I have questions and I just have to keep telling myself no Just keep going. We're reading through at high level at the end of the year. We'll turn around, dig back in deep, and hopefully we can do that together here on the podcast. Let's dig deep into some things. Today, I want to dig into something not super deep, but was a bit impactful. And just a good reminder, as I got through the book of Job, I'm going to call this the, if I don't understand, and the, but who do you think you are, coin, (laughs) two sides to one coin. The story of Job. I think we're all maybe familiar with the story of Job. It's about 42 chapters of one story that culminates in a dialogue between Job and God. Job starts out really good, praising, being righteous, even in the midst of storms and calamity. And he has friends that come to him that are supportive and they sit with him for seven days in silence and just mourn. And then over time, I mean, that is the right response. When you have someone in your life grieving and going through a hard time, go be present, be silent. You don't need to offer words of encouragement. You don't have to give them ideas of how to fix it and how to get out of it. I know we can be so uncomfortable with grief and with pain that we want to try and fix it. But that's usually not what the person is needing in the time. They just need the, hey, I have no words, but I'm here kind of response. So that's what we see Job's friends do. They start out really great, but apparently that only lasts for about a week. And then it turns into, surely you must have done something wrong. 
to deserve this. And it's chapters and chapters and chapters of hypothetical sins. Like, well, you must have done this and you must have done that. And Job and them going back and forth and back and forth until Job is now pretty depressed and pissed. It is amazing the influence of our friends and their words on our moods. And likewise, our words and our moods, our perspective and our attitudes on our friends, on our spouse, on our children. Food for thought. Keep that in the back of mind. We all know it's true. We see it happen every day, and we feel it happen to us as well. However, not the point of what I'm trying to get at, is that toward the end, Job gets mad, and he gets pissed. He's like, all right, God, why? Like, what in the world? Why would this happen? And isn't that just the way that we as humans tend to approach things that we don't understand? Have you ever said, I just don't understand why a God who is so loving would do X, Y, and Z? So that question in and of itself is the number one reason people walk away from church or reject God altogether. Well, I can't love a God who does this and this and this. Well, I don't understand why this or this and I'm out. It really is an interesting thing if we sit and think about it. And if we're honest with ourselves, which is why we're here at Let's Be Real, is to take an opportunity to just sit and be honest with ourselves for a little bit each week. Is that question, that statement, I don't understand why, is really an attempt for us to bring God down to our level. I don't know about you. I don't want to have faith in trust in a God, put someone as Lord over my life who understands as much as I do. I want the God who is on high, the Lord above all lords, the name above all names, who is eternal, who has been here from the beginning to the end, who is unchanging, who knows all things, who holds all things together with the power of his word. Like That's who I want in charge of my life, not someone that I can fully grasp and understand and know why he does all the things. Because then, if I do, that's the same level as me. <laughs> uh, that's the same level as you. That's the same level of humanity. And we've seen the best and the worst of humanity. We know how capable we are of good and of bad. And I, I would prefer not a God on the level with humanity. So when we ask these, oh, I just don't understand. Why could? It's like trying to bring him down to what we can possibly understand And I would contend in an effort to then control things. Because if I can understand something, if I know why something's going on, what's going to happen, I can maybe predict the outcome and then maybe I can change it. Maybe I can control it. And we're all really good at trying to control our lives. We want it so badly. Isaiah 55, 9 says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, that's like really high, like way above, So are my ways higher than yours and my thoughts than yours. This is God saying to us like, hey, 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 my ways and my thoughts, they are way up here. They are way above you and way beyond you. You're never going to understand them. You can't comprehend them. Scripture tells us we'll never even be able to fully understand or imagine the glory on the other side of this earth, the glory of heaven. We just can't even comprehend That gives me so much hope and so much to look forward to. And it actually gives me a whole lot of peace to be like, all right, God, yeah, your thoughts are way higher than mine. You see the whole thing in the whole picture. I'm not even going to try because I acknowledge for me, if I do try to understand all the things, it is in an effort 
to control. Psalm 103.11, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his loving kindness towards those who fear him. I want a loving kindness that is so great that is nothing close to the loving kindness that humanity is capable of. So high and so great above us as humans and our behavior, that gives me the comfort in a God who sees all and takes care of all. So when you hear yourself asking, oh, I just don't understand why, take a deep breath, let's pause and stop and be like, wait, do I want to fully understand why? And we think we do, but then to ask the next question, okay, do I want to understand? And am I only trying to understand so that I can control? Or possibly even, do I want to understand so that I have an answer that I can give to somebody else so that I can try to hmm, be the smart one or have the answer or be the fixer or the helper? Is it my pride? Is that why I need to know? So many deep questions we can ask ourselves. Well, wait, 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 what is the root of the heart here? What, what is my heart really telling me about me and where I am when I want so badly just to know and to understand? The picture of the tapestry. I've heard it a lot recently, actually, from people. They're like, our life is a tapestry. All we see is the back, like the jumbled mess, but God is weaving a story of beauty on the other side. He is sovereign and we are not. And that should really give us some peace. I hope it gives you some peace. It doesn't always, not in the midst of things, But hopefully it's something that we can keep taking our thoughts captive and keep asking ourselves, okay, but why? Why do I understand this? I have a gentleman in my life who I've tried to share the good news of God and the gospel and Jesus with. And he has said to me, well, I don't understand how this could happen and this and this and this and this and this. He's like, and that's why I don't believe. It must be a fairy tale. Now, I've just looked at him and said, you know what? You might understand how a car works. I do not understand how a car works. I just don't. I mean, I understand parts of it. I know I put gas in a gas tank. I understand that there's like a combustion engine and there's some things called pistons and I'm pretty sure they go up and down. I don't really understand all the other hoses and anything else, but I do know how to drive a car and I do know how to use it and I do know its function and what it's good for, but I do not understand its workings. We don't have to understand all the things to believe in it. Let's go back to Job for a second. He's to this point in life where he's like, but God, why and this and my friends and said all this and now I have nothing and what's going on? And God lets Job say all his things and then God responds. And this is the portion I'll call the, who do you think you are, Job? Hey, Americans. Hey, 20th century humanity. The who do you think you are part. I think this all still applies. Job 38, the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind, and he said, Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Dress for action like a man. I will question you and make it known to me. He's like, all right, so who who do you think you are? That uh, you don't have knowledge of what's going on. Dress like a man. He's like, let's get ready. Get it going. He said, I'm going to ask you, and you tell me. You ready? I've got some questions for you, Job. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Oh, surely you must know. Or who stretched the line upon it? On what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of joy shouted for God? Who shut in the seas with doors when it burst out of the womb? When I made clouds its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band and prescribed limits for it and set bars and doors and said, thus far you shall come and no farther. And here shall your proud waves be stayed. 
Have you commanded the morning since your days began and caused the dawn to know its place, that it might take hold of the skirts of the earth and the wicked be shaken out of it? It is changed like clay under the seal, and its features stand out like a garment. From the wicked their light is withheld, and their uplifted arm is broken. I mean, he goes on and on. Have you entered into the springs of the sea or walked into the recesses of the deep? Huh? Have the gates of death been revealed to you, or have you seen the gates of deep darkness? Have you comprehended the expanse of the earth? Declare if you know all this. He keeps going. I mean, God was done. (laughs) He was like, all right, we're having this out. Who do you think you are? Is what he's asking Job. When we try to bring God down to our level of understanding, we make ourselves bigger. We're lifting ourselves up to a place that we think we deserve the understanding And we think we're capable of the understanding. And we are not. At the end of all of this, Job promises silence. He's like, all right, all right, all right. I'm going to be quiet now. (laughs) I get it. Point made. I understand. I'm so sorry. We make ourselves so big in these short little lives that we live. So big that we think we deserve all the answers. And God's like, hey, you need to remember who you are and who I am. And ladies and gentlemen, we are small. We are small. And you see those videos where it starts with like a picture on the earth and then it zooms out to the solar system and the Milky Way and then the next galaxy and then the next and the next, right? And it keeps zooming out and then you see how tiny earth is and how it's this small little insignificant part of the whole universe and and all of creation that we know of. It reminds us of how small we are. And we have a pretty short life here on this very small earth on top of that. And sometimes it just is a good reminder. A humbling reminder of, okay, okay, how big am I really? I mean, we talk so much in this culture, like, you fill your space. You've got your space. You fill it up. You take it. You make sure the world sees you. Like, that's what we're told. That's what we're reminded. You protect yourself. You fight for yourself. Okay, all those things are probably good to a degree, but we need to just keep in mind, how big are we really? How much are we entitled to actually? Understanding God? No. Growing in our knowledge of him? Yes. Every day we need to be seeking more to grow in our knowledge of God. It causes us to love him more. It draws us back to him every single day, and it causes us to trust him more, and we get to rest in him. And this is where we have the fruits of the Spirit, where we have love, joy, peace, patience, the things that guide us through this life come in getting to know him more and who he is and what he has done for us. Not so much in spending time getting to know us more. We need to be honest. We need to evaluate ourselves. We need to check ourselves. We need to answer the questions, who do you think you are? Especially in those times when we're getting ready to be like, ah, sorry, I'm out. I don't get it. I don't understand. Why would you dot, dot, dot. Let's just take that moment to stop and be like, okay, I'm going to fight this, fight this very natural response. And check myself, how big am I? Who do I think I am? And who do I know God to be? I pray that you just meditate on the greatness of God, on how big his ways, his thoughts, and his understanding are, and how limited ours are while we're here. And that makes it really exciting, actually, for when we get to move from this life into his perfect presence, because there's so much more to learn and to discover when we're there. The blessings of eternity are going to be crazy and they're going to be exciting. And in the meantime, we're here and we have a job to do. We've talked about it in the past. Our job is to be here 
spreading the goodness in the kingdom of God. And we will talk more about that the rest of the summer. But as we move through this summer, I want us to also start looking ahead to fall. And in the fall is the fourth annual Let the Women Retreat Weekend, September 23rd, 24th, 25th at the Conference Point Center in Williams Bay. At this point, we only have 50 spots available. Registration opens tomorrow. Tomorrow being June 25th, 2022, bright and early, 8 a.m. Registration will be open. Registration is happening at my website. Go to ericamconnor.com. Click on the banner that says, Let the Women Retreat. There will be the information you need, as well as a registration button, and you can go through that process. So keeping your eyes out for that, go talk to your friends, come with a group, come alone. This is an opportunity to be still, to be refreshed. It's a hard time of the year. It's the beginning of the school year. If you have kids, it's getting settled into new routines and new rhythms. If if you don't have kids, it might just feel like any other day, but we have to be intentional to set time aside, and that is also very difficult. So look at your calendars, pray about what can you do to make this work or to give yourself space. And if it's not with us in September, maybe again in March, we'll have a weekend of something, but find time and a place and a space for you to set some time away with God to dig deep. We're going to be digging deep into spiritual warfare, which, (laughs) oh, when it was suggested to me by someone on the team, I was like, you do know what you're saying, right? If we dig into and study spiritual warfare, that is all we are going to start facing between now and then. Like, yep, we know. It's like, okay, (laughs) let's do it. Here we go. So September 23rd to the 25th, spiritual warfare. Let the women retreat weekend. Come with friends. Come alone. Registration starts tomorrow morning, bright and early. EricaMConnor.com. Hopefully we'll see you there.